0: Hey everyone, welcome to Revival. Let's stand together and let's worship Jesus tonight. Your presence fills this place, Lord. God, that our hearts be open to you, God. Guys, we lift up our praises to you, Lord, just inhabit them,
1: Thank you so much for your presence here right now. God, we're asking you to revive us, to speak to our hearts tonight, God, to bring us to life. Speak to us in a way that we've never heard before, Lord. I pray that each one of us would have an open heart, a heart that would be receptive to your word, to your praise. And Father, may you find us as people who have praise always on our lips, that it's not dependent on our circumstances, Lord, but it's dependent on our love for you. And so, Father, thank you so much for Dr. Chan, that he was able to arrive here safely. God, we're looking so forward to what you want to do in each one of us. I pray that you will give him the words, God, that will be specifically for what we need. And so, Lord, we lift him up. And Father, for each person that's here, those online, those in the building, for John that's with the, Pastor John that's with the students, Lord, we just pray, Father, that you'll do something new in us, that your praise will ever be on our lips. We love you. It's for your glory that we do everything here, Lord. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Thank you. You can be seated. Good evening, everyone. Everybody say, hey, Dr. Chan. Hey, Good. Dr. Chan. <laughs> See? See? <laughs> Good to have you here. Uh, what a great crowd tonight. I hope you guys have come because this is revival. We're kicking it off and we're saying, God, do something new in us. And it's going to be a good time. Well, we're going to take our tithes and offering in just a few moments. And uh, there's my beach buddies over there. We went to Nag's Head the last week of the year and it was cold there. And we ran into some friends, some Salem fielders down there. It was pretty awesome tithes and offering uh, we're going to take at the next song, and so we thank you so much for your faithfulness. We do want to call your attention to year in giving statement, and here is how you can find it. All you have to do is go there. They're going to put that up there in a second, and uh, you can go there and get your year in statement from Salem Fields, the contributions that you've made, so you can use that. Guess what? It's tax time again. Isn't that fun to think about? (laughs) Yeah, it's that time again, so uh, if you'll do that. Uh, That would be great. And as far as your tithes and offering go, this is just the first of everything that we have. When we give God the first, it's amazing how he will provide every need that we will ever have. He's done it in our lives, and I know he'll do it in yours. And so thank you for your faithfulness. Hey, you guys, we had, do you remember what our goal was for our Thanksgiving offering? $55,000. Guess what we got? Look here. 78,801. That's what we're up to. I mean, we're overflowing. Now, Buddy said he would never mention it again about uh, uh, giving in that. You can still give in that. Uh, He was going to bring Howard up here to talk about it, but we're not going to let him do that either. But uh, like he said, 100,000 isn't out of the question, right? But anyway, we're so grateful for what God has given. We've got the outstanding pledges yet are 10,800, and that will be coming in, and so we're so thankful for uh, you giving in that every penny of that will go to help people around the world, around the United States, around Virginia, and right here in our own local communities. So those needs are being met. Tone, come on out here. And uh, I've got a little announcement that I want to make. We need musicians. Okay, you could be part of this incredible thing that happens up here. And uh, I'm going to be at a table right after the service. And if you play an instrument, especially keyboard, we could really use some keyboardists. And is that the word, keyboardists? I don't know. Pianists? Uh, Not pianists, play the keyboard. And uh, I brought, I wanted Tone to come up here because somebody had said to him, you know what, I could never do what you do and uh, because you're so good. And Tone told me a little story about how he actually began to play the drums. Come up here. Give Tone a hand. He's back there a lot.
2: How's everybody doing? So the very first time I started playing here, it was back there in the uh, student center. I did that for about like two months. And then I started getting okay. I was able to get the music down and just play in the pocket. I was always raised to play in the pocket. For those of you who don't know, my granddad used to play drums here and he taught me everything I know. So uh, it was pretty easy for me to pick everything up and get okay. I'm not going to say I'm good. Nobody should say they're good. But uh, so I switched over and I started playing over in the auditorium and I heard one of the guitarists say, oh man, there's a kid here. He's going to be bad. So that kind of said it to myself, okay, I need to do the best I can to prove him wrong. Now, that was my mindset then. So I got really, really good over the next two years I started playing. And I got so good to the point where I thought I was the stuff. (laughs) I was in small group back there in the prayer room and Pastor Buddy said to me, are you doing this for you? Are you doing this for God? And I had to reevaluate everything I did. And from that point on, It was all for Christ. Every drum I hit, every stick that I picked up, any song that I sang, it was just for Christ. And with that mentality, I'm able to do whatever God calls me to do. And that's being on stage, whether it's singing, playing the guitar, playing the drums. If I had to pick up a trumpet, I'd do it. Might not be good at it, but I'd learn. So I just encourage everybody who plays an instrument, wants to play an instrument, don't be frightened by the next man because that's what's hindering you from your walk with Christ. Amen.
1: Oh, I love that. I have watched Tone grow from a young man and so what he's saying is you don't have to be great at it that your spirit And your willingness is what it's all about. So meet me out at the table after the service if you even play a little bit. Or even if you uh, are a vocalist, um, we're we're having sign-ups for all of that. All month, okay? I'm recruiting really, really hard. So that's that. Winter retreat is coming up. Now what winter retreat is, it's a youth rally that's going to have hundreds of teenagers in this building on the weekend of January 18th and 19th. Now, what that means, on Saturday evening, we're not going to have a service because it's going to be their service. At 9 o'clock, the 9 o'clock service, it's going to be packed because there are going to be people from all over the state, uh, students. Uh, It's going to be really packed. You can still come at 9 o'clock if you want to. That will be all right. But just know that you need to get here early so that you can get a seat. And the 11 o'clock may not be quite as uh, crowded as the the 9 o'clock. But we wanted to make sure that you know all about that. There's going to be a lot of energy here. It's going to be great services. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, Try to get one of those 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock services because it's going to be really, really special. So we wanted to give you a heads up about that. We've got membership class coming up next week. And uh, Rich teaches this, and it's all about Salem Fields Community Church, what our values are, what our core values, and what uh, our doctrine is. You can ask any question you want to. We are an open book at Salem Fields Community Church. And uh, it's just a good time. You can join this body as a member if you uh, feel led to do that. If not, we want you to just keep on coming and just be uh, aware that that's coming up. We're starting a new uh series next week called Fixer Upper. How many people watch Fixer Upper? Yeah, yeah, well that's what we're gonna be talking about. You know, sometimes, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines take this old dilapidated house And uh, they turn it into something incredible. And so we're going to be talking about what it means to do that in our lives and allowing Jesus Christ to transform us into a new creation. So I think it's going to be a really good time. You guys invite your friends to come to that. And uh, I think it's going to be great. Jody, where'd Jody go? Jody, are you back there? Where? Oh, I've got something for you. Come on up here. Today... Jody has been working at Salem Fields Community Church 15 years. 15 years. Now, we would have missed this, except she told us about 10 times yesterday. (laughs) Uh, It's like when it used to be when it was her birthday. She would go to all of our planners, all of our everything, and write Jody's birthday. So not anymore because she wants those birthdays to stop, but I'm kind of loving them. And uh, Jody, we love you. I'm speaking as a co-lead pastor, not, not your mom right now. And uh, we would love for you to have this from Salem Fields Community Church. You're welcome. <laughs> Say something.
3: Well, it's really a miracle that I'm still here. And I'm so excited that Dr. Chan's here today because he's one of my favorites. So I don't really have much to say except I'm just glad to be here and see all of you and your shining faces and Pam and Peyton. I feel like I'm at the Oscars. And I want to thank my mom and dad. Okay. That's it. Thank you.
0: Spoke a word, you sing it all for me, you have been so so good to me before I took a breath, you breathed your life for me. you So, so kind to me Let's stand together and worship Father, we just humbly receive it, God. And we surrender all that we are to you tonight, God, so that we can meet with you, so we can hear from you and be forever transformed.
4: And we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, welcome tonight. Again, I'm glad that you're here. What a great crowd on a Saturday night. Do y'all know what temperature is outside? Cold. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's uh, really cold. It's like, uh, yeah, it's, somebody says it's like living in a refrigerator. No, a freezer. But anyway, we are glad you're here for our first week celebration. Uh, just a couple things I want to talk to you about. Number one, real quickly, is we're having an all-church meeting. It's coming up on January, where is that at? I don't uh, 17th. Oh, okay, so I don't have that up there. Oh, there we go. Woo, that helps me. Uh, January 17th, 2018, 7 p.m., 2018. That's this year. And uh, it's going to be an important meeting. I uh, just want to catch you up, uh, Gay and I, on some things that's happening around Salem Fields. Share a little vision with you, a little future planning. Just want you to be in the know so you can be on the go and take this journey with us. So if you're a regular attender and Salem Fields is your church, will you come to that? And uh, we'll even update the rebuild people on what all has happened there, and you'll be in on that too. So we'd love for you all to be there. Okay, uh, our uh, first week continues tomorrow. Uh, We have two more services with Dr. Chan. Uh, That will be tomorrow at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and and it will be two different messages. And uh, as we always do on first week, we start this thing on Saturday night, and we end on Wednesday night. And it's just an opportunity for us to kick the new year off putting God first in our life. And uh, we got three incredible messages. uh, people here to speak for us this week, and we're excited about that. Monday night, we'll get started at 6:15. There's going to be dinner uh, for you, and after dinner, there's childcare, and then there will be the services. And that'll be Monday through Wednesday. We have the pastor from uh, Richmond uh, Hill City Church will be speaking on Monday night, uh, Pastor John Wangler, and also on Tuesday and Wednesday we have with us uh, John Minendorf. many of you, may know him. He's here before in the past. He's doing a youth revival. Uh, through Monday night and so he's here uh, speaking to our students so if you have a student I would really highly recommend you get them back there to be a part of that uh, through Monday night. Now where'd he Oh there he is. <laughs> I was thinking you were over there. Dr. Sam Chan. How many of you here when Dr. Sam Chan was here before? Anybody here? Wow a lot of you. Man thanks for staying around. Uh, <laughs> anyway uh, Sam is a good good friend of Gay and I's. We met a long time ago In uh, in, uh, Lagos, Nigeria If you don't know that story, it's a good story And um, we've been friends since Dr. Chan is an author He is a leadership uh, He's a teacher of leadership He's a church consultant He helps churches in many, many ways To help reach their community He's been a part of our lives for a long time Uh, He's all that But Gay and I consider him one of our good, good friends And Dr. Chan, we welcome you to Salem Fields tonight We're glad that you are here So let's Uh, Open our hearts, open our hearts, and give him smiles and laugh at his jokes, even if they're not funny, and uh, enjoy the weekend. God bless
5: you, Sam. I love you again. (laughs) It's a joy to be here. I'm from Atlanta, and I wish I could tell you it's warmer down there, (laughs) but it's not. It's cold everywhere. I was telling Buddy uh, in the hotel lobby this afternoon, I don't think hell will be hot. I think it'll be freezing cold. (laughs) Uh, But it's a delight to be here, especially during uh, first week. And thank you, uh, Pastor Buddy and Pastor Gay. Aren't they amazing pastors? you got to love them. Thank you so very, very much for just who you are. I I know what you do. That's very important. But what you do flows out of who you are. You're authentic, genuine lovers of God and lovers of people. And I count it a privilege to know both, know both of you and, and love you. And Salem Fields has done amazing work around the world. You have made a difference in so many different places. And uh, just delighted that uh, I am here this evening and tomorrow to services. And then I'm hoping that Atlanta will be warmer. It's supposed to be 50 degrees. So don't want to make anyone jealous or anything like that. But <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in. That's what the weatherman says, but what it is know? In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four Gospels combined, there are 37 miracles that are recorded that Jesus did. Now, some people call them 39 if you were to count the virgin birth and his resurrection. But if you you were to take those two out that Jesus didn't do himself, uh, there are 37 miracles that are recorded in all four Gospels combined. Jesus did more than that. We know that. And John chapter 21 tells us there are many more miracles that Jesus did that were not recorded. But the 37 recorded miracles that Jesus did. Out of those 37 miracles that are recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's only one miracle that is recorded in all four Gospels. Only one miracle out of the 37 miracles that are recorded in all four Gospels. Can someone tell me which one is that one and only miracle? The fish and bread. Very good. Come back to the book table, I'll give you a free book. <laughs> hey, at least one man knew it. The, 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 we lovingly call it the feeding of the 5,000. It's a great story. If you put the, the four books together, the, the story kind of comes together like this. It's evening time. The miracle takes place at evening time, and Jesus sees this multitude of people, says 5,000 men, So if you were to count women and children, there have always been more women and children in church, about 10,000, 15,000 people. And and they are hungry, and Jesus asked his disciples, give them something to eat. And so Jesus talks to one of the disciples, his name is Philip. He says to Philip, here's the question Jesus asks: where are we going to get food for them? Everyone say where. Where are we going to get food for them? Philip's answer is quite interesting. He says, how are we gonna do this? We don't have that much money. Now, the where question does not deserve a how answer. For example, if I was to say to you, after the service, where are we going for dinner? And you say, how are we gonna do that? That means you broke. (laughs) Because a where question assumes what? We are going for dinner. Now, we'll figure out the logistics on that. So Jesus asks a where question, and Philip gives a how answer. Isn't that characteristic of us? We are entering a new uh, year, and God gives us a great vision. He tells us one more time, this is what you can do. Where are we going to do this? And we look at him and say, how am I going to do that? And the story continues. Jesus finally says to his disciples, go get me some food. Andrew, one of the disciples, finds the food. He's named. He finds the food. Now, you know it had to be fish and chips. Because if it wasn't that, if it was a hot dog, the boy could have hid it. But fish, you can't do that. They snip the food. Now, I know preachers uh, preach about how the boy gave his lunch to Jesus. I don't buy the story for a minute. <laughs> if you're the only one with lunch among a hungry bunch. And, and see, you and I read the rest of the story, right? So we know Jesus gets the food and he blesses it and breaks it and sets people down and he feeds them. And then there are 12 carry-out baskets left out, doggy bags, whatever you want to call them. We know the rest of the story. So we think, like, he gave the food. No, I think that Jesus' mafia, also known as the disciples, snatched the boy's food. He had no intention of giving it up. In any case, it ends up in Jesus' hands. He has them sit down into groups of 50s and 100s. And then he takes the food, he blesses it, breaks it, gives the disciples to feed the multitudes, and there are 12 baskets full left over. And that's a great story to preach from because it's, interestingly, the only miracle that's recorded in all four Gospels. But what I want to talk about tonight is not what happened at the miracle. I want to talk about what was the day leading up to the miracle in the evening. Remember, this is an evening time. So I want to talk about what happened from that morning till that evening. So as you read the four Gospels, the story emerges the day starts the day starts with jesus getting a message that john the baptist has just been beheaded that's how this day starts so who is john the baptist john the baptist is a cousin of jesus mary the mother of jesus elizabeth the mother of john the baptist were cousins you remember when they met on the road and uh, mary spoke And the Bible tells us that the babe who was John the Baptist in the womb of Elizabeth, his mama, leaped for joy. They had a symbiotic relationship. And now he gets a message that he has been beheaded. Not only was John his cousin, he was nine months older than him. But you got to also know John's purpose. John was placed on this planet for only one purpose. And that is to preach about Jesus. He didn't have to read the book, how to find his purpose. He didn't have to go to the conference to find his purpose. He didn't have to go through coaching and counseling to find his purpose. He had one message, one purpose, one person. Remember one day he looked at Jesus and told his disciples, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But they also had a mutual admiration for each other. Because Jesus turns around and says this about his cousin. He says, John the Baptist is the greatest man ever to be born, a woman. Now, get that for a moment. Jesus makes a statement to the Jewish community. That means he placed this John the Baptist, who likes wearing leather and is a vegan, (laughs) kind of, sort of honey and locust. He has raw language. He doesn't mind cussing out the people who are coming there. He doesn't mind telling your your daddy is a snake. That kind of preaching. Jesus says, this man is the greatest man ever to be born. To the Jewish people, he put John the Baptist with his alternative lifestyle over Abraham. Isaac, Jacob, King David, and Solomon. At the age of 30, Jesus decides to come out into ministry. And he goes to be baptized. John the Baptist baptizes him. This morning of this great miracle starts with Jesus getting a message. Your cousin, with whom you grew up. The one who baptized you. The one who was placed on this planet only for you has been beheaded. So the day for Jesus starts with grief, loss, and feelings of depression. As the day goes on, the Gospel of Mark tells us that the disciples come back from a preaching assignment And it says they were so hungry, Mark chapter 6 tells us, they were so hungry that they themselves didn't have time to eat. So, Jesus is looking at the hungry disciples, saying to them, give them something to eat. Jesus himself is going through a traumatic day in his life of enormous loss in his life. And now the crowds are relentless and it's evening time. I have a question for you tonight. What do you do when you don't have it and somebody else wants a piece of you? What do you do when you are discouraged and somebody else says, pray for me? What do you do when you don't have a job and somebody else says, help me find a job? What do you do when you're financially broke but you see somebody else with a greater need than yours. What do you do if you don't have it? And yet the needs around you are so loud and so large that you have no way to get around them. What do you do when you don't have it and yet the needs are pressing in on you? I'm going to give you a sentence, talk about it for a few hours, then we'll be done. I asked Pastor Buddy how long I had to preach. He said, you can preach as long as you want to, but we leave at (laughs) 7.15. Here's a sentence. My response. It is my response in the middle of my need that positions me for more. It is my response in the middle of my need that positions me for more. I want you to get it, so say it along with me. It is my response in the middle of my need that positions me for more. One more time. It is in the middle of that positions me for more. Let's do it one more time, just to humor me. One, two, three. It is my in the middle of That positions me for three quick things. Number one, more is being formed in the middle of your need. More is being formed in the middle of your need. You see, the crowds did not know what Jesus was going through. The disciples were so wrapped up in themselves and their needs that they didn't have time to put their arms around Jesus and say, Are you okay? Your cousin just got killed. How are you doing? You don't see any of that going on. And then the crowds are hungry. And there's need among them. But what they did not know was, more was being formed in the middle of their need. I remember my wife Brenda and I were pastoring a church in Michigan back in the 80s. It was October of 1980 when our first baby was born, Rachel. Uh, we were pastoring a, a small country church uh, in the middle of really nowhere. The country church let me describe country for you The closest blinking light was three and a half miles. The closest McDonald's was 18 miles. So that kind of tells you where we were. Rachel was born and uh, She needed to drink soy-based milk, soy-based milk. I don't know if anybody's bought any soy-based milk for your kid. If you have. I see some heads nodding here and there. It's like gold in a can. (laughs) Yeah. So my church was paying me the best they could. They were paying me, at that time, me and my wife and my newborn baby, $125 a week before taxes. So you do your own math. About five grand a year. Uh, Well, we didn't know we were poor. Isn't it amazing what you don't know is a great thing? (laughs) So $125 a week before taxes, Rachel needed the soy-based milk. We had no money. I mean, even before Rachel was born, we were having tortillas and beans and peanut butter jelly sandwiches. I mean, that's how life was. And now Rachel is born and we definitely don't have any money. So I said to Brenda, I said, hey, listen, why don't we go apply for food stamps? Now, don't ever raise, don't raise your hand. Please don't raise your hand. If you have never applied for food stamps, you ought to. Because you will learn more about yourself in filling out that book on yourself. <laughs> so uh, the social services office were uh, like if I was to walk from here to the entrance to the church and back that's how far it was so we picked up little Rachel and we went down to the social services office and we filled out the book on ourselves and you know efficient government office uh, and and we're sitting there we've got a number and your number gets called you get a caseworker assigned to you so we filled out the book and we got, number got called. We went down the hallway into uh, where the caseworkers were to the door number that we were supposed to go to. I walked in there with Brenda, my wife, and little Rachel. And we're standing in the door as we're coming in. Uh, there's a lady there on the other side of the computer. And she looked at me. I looked at her. She looked at me. I looked at her. She looked at me. I looked at her. She's a member of our church. How are you, Pastor? Can someone say awkward? So she did the best she could, trying to get us some money. Uh, And after quite a while of doing whatever she did, she said, Pastor, you don't qualify. You're making too much money. I said, really? How much money, too much money am I making? She says, $22. I was young, stupid, naive. If I knew then what I know now, I'd gone to my church Sunday morning and said to them, hey, before we go any further than the service, I have a request. Cut my pay. <laughs> How much? $22. dollars <laughs> i get free bread, free milk, free cheese, free diapers. But the conundrum of the situation was, I'm a pastor of a church. How do I preach the words of the psalmist David? I was young, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. When my seed is begging for bread. How do I preach the words of the apostle Paul For my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. When I have an obvious need, I'm not asking for luxury. I'm not asking for new clothes. I'm not asking for new shoes. I'm just saying, can my baby have some milk? And can her parents have a meal? I come by tonight to tell you, you don't know what more is, but more is being formed in the middle of your need. You may be going through a horrendous time in your life tonight, you just need to know. You may not see it, you may not sense it, you may not know it, but there's somebody with a lunch in your crowd that'll meet your need, regardless of what your need might be. It could be financial, it could be emotional, it could be relational, it could be job, it could be business, really doesn't matter. But whatever your need is, More is being formed in the middle of your need. Because, one more time, everyone together. It is my response in the middle of my need that positions me for You see, it's not about somebody else's response. It is my response in the middle of my need that positions me for more. Number two, in the middle of your need, keep your eyes on the source. In the middle of your need, keep your eyes on your source. See, the source were not the disciples. The source was not the boy. The source was not the boy's mama who packed in the lunch. The source is always on high. Because the psalmist says to us, I will lift up mine eyes unto the... Hills, from where comes my help? Because if you don't keep your eye on your source, I want to tell you, doesn't matter what other source you're looking at, it is shifting sand. <laughs> we live in the greatest country on this planet, and yet we know, doesn't matter what your needs might be, all our resources cannot meet any of our needs once we are in that trouble. We're just coming out of a major recession. People who had thought they had it going on were what we call the new poor. And I'm here to say to you, our source is not our job. We can't even take our next breath without him giving it to us. So if you think you're all that on a bag of chips, (laughs) you got to keep reminding yourself, keep your eyes on the source. Uh, let Let me explain to you this way. You go to a restaurant, you go to a restaurant, and this is a menu, a restaurant menu. On this side are all the items listed, all the items listed. And on this side are what? All the prices. I have two daughters, Rachel and Debbie. Rachel is 37, Debbie is 35. When they go out to eat by themselves,
3: <laughs>
5: which column? are they looking at? You want to share a salad? (laughs) We'll just take water, extra lemon, please. But when they're with daddy, do I have a witness in the house? I need to see hands on that one. Do I have a witness? Yeah, wave at me. It's like, this column, invisible. It's not even there. It's like, yeah, I'll take that. Can I have one more to go over here? And what do you have for dessert? <laughs> you know, life is short. Eat dessert first. <laughs> it's the same restaurant. It's the same table. It's the same server. It's the same menu. It's the same items. It's the same prices. What changed? The source. The source. Because daddy is at the table. Can I remind somebody here tonight? Your heavenly daddy. Your Abba father is at your table. You got to make sure you're not ordering life from here. But you're saying to yourself, this is what. God, you have all these blessings for you. We're talking about first week. God, you've got all these blessings for me. But forget about the whining. In fact, if you are hanging on whiners, just cut them loose. This is a good week to do that. <laughs> now, if you're married to one, you're doing that fix, fixer-upper series, right? <laughs> it might help. I don't know. I know some people that I don't know anything will help. Because what we do is we preempt ourselves. He's asking us, where are you going have, gonna to have money or lunch for these people? How are we going to do it? This is the where column. This is the how column. I want to release everybody here tonight to remind yourself, God, you're a great God. You're not a God of less. You're God of more. You said I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly you are a more than enough God God I am not looking at this column because all things you said I have paid for it all it's all done it is all mine and so stop whining stop complaining stop preempting yourself stop making excuses for yourself your heavenly father Daddy, at the table keep your eyes on the source if he's got that plan for you you'll be just fine Oh, I wish I could quit there. It is 6.53. <laughs> I can read. But I want to take your attention to Matthew chapter 16, verse 9. Matthew chapter 16, verse 9. We'll get to that in just a moment. You've got an amazing media team. I saw that on my peripheral vision. I just mentioned it. Matthew popped up. Jesus has just fed the multitudes. He's in a boat. About two days later. His disciples are in the boat too. There are 13 of them. 12 disciples and Jesus. They're in the boat. There's an argument that breaks out among the disciples. One of the disciples looks at another disciple. They're unnamed. And says to them, to the other one hey, did you pack the lunch? The other one says, no. Thought you were supposed to go by Kroger, (laughs) Publix, Piggly Wiggly, whatever you have over here, Ingalls, whatever you have. You were supposed to pick up the bread. And an argument breaks out among them as to who should have packed the lunch. And instead of saying, you know how he is? When he wakes up, he's hungry and grouchy. Jesus wakes up. And as he overhears their argument among themselves, his blood pressure rises. Mm -hmm. His mouth starts frothing, Veins start popping. He's kind of ticked off. Because he's thinking... I can drown all of you and I can walk away. (laughs) And it is in that situation Jesus says this to his disciples. Let's read it together. One, two, three. Do you? Don't you? The five loaves. And how? His first sentence to them is do you? Still not understand, you clueless? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Don't you get it? And then he jacks it up a little bit more, a little bit more octane. He says, don't you, what? Remember, let's say those three words, just, just for the fun. Let's say those three words with some attitude. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Don't you remember? Ah, you are acting really saved right now. <laughs> so so uh, some neck mov- movement needed, some shoulders needed, some <laughs> eyes needed. It's like, it's like you're waiting for that parking space, Christmas parking space. you got your blinker on, waiting for the, you know, parking space, and somebody else kicks in. Just act unsafe. Well, some of you don't have to act. Just, just be yourself. Just be yourself. I, I know who you are. Just, I can tell who you are. Yeah. Front row, front row. So, so. all right. We're going to say those three words with some attitude. One, two, three. Don't you never I like you. I'm glad you had this finger up. I could throw stones at the disciples right now. I wish I could say to the disciples, what's wrong with you? I wish I could join Jesus in slamming the disciples right now. But I got to drop my stones. Because that's our story too. He does amazing things in our life. And two days later, we are hyperventilating. What oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do. And he shows up on our doorstep and says, "Do you still not understand? Don't you remember? Don't you remember when I saved you? Don't you remember when I gave you a job?" Don't you remember when your finances were in the pits? I still provided for you. Don't you remember when your marriage was going like this? I put the marriage back together. Don't you remember when everybody else had written you off? I brought you in. Don't you remember I gave you life when you were given up on life yourself? Don't you remember? That's our story too. How easy it is for us to forget that he healed us. He can heal us again. He provided for us. He can provide again. Don't you? See, see, you got to understand this about, the, about the, this, this miracle here. This is not a miracle that the disciples read about. This is not a miracle that the disciples heard about. Okay? This is not a miracle that the disciples just saw. This was... A miracle in which there were active participants. Work with me now. So there's Jesus. Fish and chips, right? Sit them down in 50s and 100s. Organizes them. They are there in front of him. The disciples are there with baskets. Jesus is breaking bread and fish. Fish and chips, fish and chips. Now he's not doing it like this. There are 15,000 people to feed. So it's like bam, 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 bam. Disciples got them in the hands. Heaping. They run over here, feed the people. Run back to Jesus. He goes, bam, 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 bam. They take it, they run it to the people, they run back. So it's not a miracle that they heard about, saw, read about. They were there. (laughs) Just like you and me. Because if all of us had a time to tell our stories, every one of us, Every one of us is here because of the miraculous power of God in our life. Amen. He has done miracle after miracle after miracle in our life. So what do we do? When we have needs in our life, let me see if you get that sentence again. It is my, my response <laughs> in the middle of that positions me uh, it was 1989. 1989, my wife and I and our two kids, they were little six and eight, had just moved from Michigan and I was gonna become a university president in Atlanta, Georgia. And we're driving through the south part of Atlanta and we saw a sign outside a store. Uh, it was called Leesmier's, but it would be like a Best Buy today. Electronic store, big old store, big sign said, Everything, store, uh, store closing, everything 70% off. Well, I'm an Indian. <laughs> there's not a deal we, well, you know, you, you see me at my gas station, so you, you know how that works. So You know how it works. <laughs> it's pretty simple. You know, you, know, you know how it works. You know how it works. So <laughs> I mean, there's not a deal that we see that we don't like. So. So we pull in there, my wife and I get out, and Rachel and Debbie are little kids. We walk in there. i got my hands in my pocket. There's a big old counter like this where Jody is sitting. And and there were nothing but uh, watch straps, leather straps, metal straps, just a bunch of straps that's laying there. I didn't need any of that. Kept on walking. Then there there was another bin with uh, camera lenses. You know the big old telescopic camera lenses? I had a little Instamatic in those days. Remember with the little flashlight that moved by itself? <laughs> hey, they don't make those anymore, do they? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I didn't need that. They had water purifier. They had home security systems, but I didn't need any of it. So I'm just walking the store, hands in my pocket. my now I'm in the back of the store with my kids. And a voice comes on the intercom. It says this. We will close the store for good in the next 15 minutes. Anything you can get in your buggy for $20. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm in the back of the store. I have no buggy. I got two little kids with me. I looked at them and said, eh, they'll be fine. Ran to the front of the store, pushed out a few old ladies out of the way, got my buggy. <laughs> wheeled it around. You know all the hundreds of straps? Just put the buggy right next to it and went, bam! <laughs> Camera, lenses. or oh, home security systems. There were two of them. One was in the box. That was easy. The other one was attached like a model kind of thing. That took a little effort. It was so full, and, and you know the, you know the bottom of the buggy is, bu- think Indian, uh, bottom of the buggy is part of the buggy too. So if I pushed it, everything was falling off. It was that full. So I still remember my wife and I, Brenda at one end, I on the other end, walking that baby, came to the checkout, they didn't check nothing out, 20 bucks. Keep on walking. (laughs) We bought over $10,000 worth of stuff that night. Stuff we never needed. But there it was. I want you to get this. When I walked inside the store, I had a scarcity mentality. I don't need this, eh, don't need that, don't need this. But then, in the process of just walking around, I heard a voice. And the voice said, there's more. I want you to know, in this first week of this great year, there is more. I'm not satisfied with what I am. I'm not talking about stuff. Please don't, I'm not against stuff. You can have all the stuff you want to, but stuff will wear out, stuff will burn up, stuff will get old, stuff will be donated, stuff, something will happen to stuff. I'm just talking about more of life. More in your marriage. More with your businesses. More with your children. More with your parents. More in Salem fields. More salvations. More baptisms. More renewal of marriages. More healings. More deliverance. I'm talking about more of everything that God has for me. Can somebody yell out more? More. Is there anybody in here who believes that God got more for you in 2018? So I want to pray with you. A prayer of more. And for that you'll have to stand up. And I'm going to get you in a posture of prayer. Now now in, in, in in the Bible... There are different postures that have been mentioned. For example, stand, kneel, raise up your hand, lift up your voice, clap, jump, shout, all those things. But the way I want you to think about is, if I was to say to you, I'm going to give you all the cash that you can carry. I won't, without slapping your neighbor. <laughs> I, I know some of you by now. Without slapping your neighbor, I want to get into that position. And I want to pray a prayer more over you. All the cash you can carry. I know some of you are going to carry 200 bucks because you've been cute. (laughs) Because there's something about getting into a posture of believing. And I'm talking about life. More of all that God has for us. You believe that? Let me pray for you. So Lord, right now I pray with my sisters and brothers in this room. Our hands are outstretched as a symbol. Symbolically saying we are ready for more. We're believing for more. We're desiring more. We'll be good stewards over more. We'll be good blessers with the blessings you give us. We want you to know that we receive your abundant life in our life. So that our life will slosh over into somebody else's life. And Lord, we thank you for providing for us. Because it is my response in the middle of my need that positions me for more. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's looking around. You can put your hands to your sides if you want to. The greatest more you'll ever experience in your life is not another house, not another car, more money. I think all that is cool and wonderful and may all that happen for you. But the greatest more is when you surrender your life to Jesus. The greatest more is When you say, Lord, here I am. Please forgive me of my sins. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. At the count of three, if you just want to give your life to the Lord, I won't call you to the front right where you're at. I'll ask you to lift up your hands to the count of three. Maybe you're here this evening, and then life happened. And you became scarcity thinker. But tonight... You just want to come back home and rededicate your life. When I count to three, I want to lift up your hand as well. So at the count of three, you want to surrender your life to Jesus or at the count of three, you just want to rededicate your life. Just lift up your hand and we'll pray together right where you're at. One, two, three. Can I see your hands? Can I see your hands? Wow. Wow. I see about a dozen hands. You can put your hands down. I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming in this world, dying for me, so I could live. I give my life, I give my all, you're my king, you're my Lord. From this day on, I will serve you forever and ever. And now, Lord, I thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Will you give God some thanks along with me? You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. If the media team put on the screens up there uh, with the. Yeah. So I want to give. If you have a smartphone, dumb phone, mine is always dumb. Uh, <laughs> if you just send a text to 444 and in the message, write chant, uh, you're going to get that free book, change your culture, change everything. So this is what's going to happen. You'll do 444 999 and you're going to hit, put chant in there, hit send. It's going to come back and say to you, what's your name and email? You're going to give your name and email, and then bam, you get that book, just like that. So uh, it will all be handled for you. So that is free. What is not free? (laughs) I am an Indian, so what is not free? (laughs) I've got to keep reminding people that. I don't see any of my people here. None of my people are here. Okay. I'll stop by at the corner store there and <laughs> bring in a few tomorrow. I'll have to pay them to come here. You, I know my people. So this is my latest book that uh, came out a few months ago. It's doing amazing on, the, on Amazon and different places. It's called, simply called Bigger, Faster Leadership. Bigger, Faster Leadership says if you want more... You've got to create the systems and structures to receive more. You can't get more with puny thinking. You can't get more with scarcity thoughts. You can't get more if you're not organized to receive more. Is that making sense to you? Uh, you, you, you can't do more unless you are thinking as to how to expand my thinking to receive this. So this book uh, is available in the, in the, you call it foyer? What do you call it, lobby? Foyer. Foyer? Okay. You know, some people call it foyer, some call it foyer. (laughs) Some people call it narthex. Foyer. I'm from Georgia, so out there, uh, (laughs) yeah, out there, out there, out there, is uh, this book. Alicia, I think, is handling the table there. And uh, she will take your credit cards, your whatever, or BP, whatever card you have, and uh, give you this book. If you want me to sign it for you, I'll be happy to sign it for you. If not, sign it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody really cares or knows the difference. So, uh, so before Pastor Buddy comes back up, let's say that sentence together twice because I really want this to be portable in your life. It's not for tonight. It's for the rest of the year, maybe life. It is my response in the middle of my need that positions for more. So we're going to do it first time for rehearsal and the final time will be like for real, huh? Here we go. One, two, three. It is my in the middle of... That positions me for Four. all right. Show time now. Everyone together? One, two, three. It is My in the middle of that positions me for Four. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Amen.
4: Well, thank you, Sam, and we praise the Lord for his presence here tonight. I'll even sign that book if you want me to. <laughs> but uh, We're going to do this for two more times with Sam this weekend. I hope you'll come back tomorrow. I know it's unusual to ask you to come three times on a weekend, but, you know, very seldom do we have the opportunity to have this kind of opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord with the speakers that we've had for this week, and so I hope that you'll come back tomorrow. I think it'll help you. I don't think it'll hurt you a bit. Uh, It's going to be a little cold in the morning, but, hey, it doesn't matter. Um, Hell's going to be cold, too, so get ready Anyway, uh, you know what we're going to do? We always do, we don't do this but a couple times a year, is uh, we take two offerings. And so tonight we're going to take another offering. And it's a love offering, but it's more than that. It's just to help us pay for this whole week because there's a lot that goes into this. And the offering we took before helps us pay the bills. And this offering will help us take care of all that's going to happen this week. So uh, you can do that uh, in here in the bucket by check. You go out to the machines out there. Uh, just however the Lord, you know, if you don't want to give, I don't really matter. You just do what you want to do, okay? Father, thank you for a great night. Thank you for all those that are here, Lord. We thank you for our guests, Lord, that are here tonight. We know there's some here maybe for the first time. I know there's a group here tonight, a family here tonight for the second time. They came Christmas Eve, and uh, Lord, I got to meet them tonight. And I'm so thankful for their return, and I hope tonight, uh, God, that they will find this to be a place of uh, your presence, and that your love is all around us, Lord. So, Father, we're grateful tonight. We're grateful for all that happened, Lord. I want, and I want for our church, and I want for our family, Lord, I want more. And, God, I'm going to position myself to receive more this year. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you receive Christ tonight, Mark's going to be right out there. Mark, you'll be out there, right? He's going to be right out there at that table. It's going to be a big sign there that so said, Accepted Christ. Uh, stop here or something like that. Stop there. He'll help you and it'll be give you this wristband right here. And uh, we would love, huh? Oh, the music, magician. Ma, magicians. The musicians' table is out there as well. And uh, uh, also, I think Trent's going to be out there or some of his gang if you want to volunteer to help with the. Uh, winter retreat we need lots and lots of help and I think you'll have fun it's gonna be lots of kids teenagers and they're fun to be around and uh, so thank you for being here and uh, so let's stand and worship and the buckets will come by and you can give if you can
3: God, nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, I dare not trust.
0: God bless you all. See you right back here tomorrow morning.